0: Hi, and welcome to The Art of Film Funding. I'm your co-host, Claire Papan, along with Carol Dean, author of the best-selling book, The Art of Film Funding. Carol is also the founder and president of From the Heart Productions and the host of this show. C.M. Conway is a filmmaker and consultant with degrees in English and Communications, In addition to an extensive background in marketing, publicity, and storytelling, she helps top brand filmmakers and household names hone their storytelling and media strategies to engage and inspire audiences. Her witty and poignant new indie, How to Successfully Fail in Hollywood about friends, fantasies, and fails is dedicated to the huge population of hardworking, unknown actors in the industry. The diverse female-led film is now available on Prime Video and FunnyFailureFilm.com. The film has five-star ratings and quoted as True, Funny, and Enlightening by Dan Taylor at the Pulitzer Prize-winning Press Democrat. And, Carol, I understand that CM is sponsored by From the Heart Productions. Yes,
1: Claire, we're so proud to sponsor CM and her film. I love the title, How to Successfully Fail in Hollywood. Thank you so much for joining us. Oh,
2: it's my pleasure, Carol. Thanks so much for having me. You've been so supportive and helpful with resources and guidance for our film and All along the way, quite frankly, it's just a pleasure to be here to help other filmmakers and artists. Well, that's what it's all about. Thank
1: you so much. Now, um, I know you have an extensive background in marketing. And the thing is that this is another talent that filmmakers have to learn. So I really thank you for sending me the outline that you have Called Marketing and Media Strategy for Indies, so let's use this and share this information with our audience. So let's start and tell me how do we begin to market ourselves in our films? Because your outline starts with dynamic publicity and communication strategies, and that sounds fantastic. but what are the A, B Cs and the one, two, threes? How do we get this moving?
2: I, I got you. So that sounds great, uh, and it's funny that you mentioned the title because, of course, our title, our film is a comedy, and a lot of people who hear the title
0: immediately sort of just laugh, like, "Oh, I get it." How it successfully failed because it's a bit of a a bit of a work and um so sorry to interrupt you. It's just that I think that your phone line might be a little having interference, and so oh, okay. um, I'm not yes because. We might have only heard about three-quarters of what you shared with us.
2: Um, Oh, my
0: goodness. Now you sound better. Yes. So whatever you're doing now, I think we'll (laughs) be able to hear you better if you maintain that. So what I am thinking is I'm, I'm sorry to ask this of you, but could you start back at the beginning of your answer to Carol and share with us what you just said.
2: Well, oh, so not not, not no worries at in. all. Um, essentially, I you know I just thank you for uh, supporting our films, and that um, really in just sort of a, as a grand sweep, that a lot of the tips I'm sharing today are used by some of the top brands in the world, and that many of them they didn't become top brands by accident. A lot of thought and care and time went into. A lot of known brands that we know for certain qualities, for certain reliability, for certain loyalty, for certain um, ways to turn to those brands. We trust those brands. So what I'm sharing today is a lot of the methodologies that these brands use, but also a lot of my own experience. And essentially what I was describing and stating was that I'm very passionate about the way that films can imprint on our souls. We all understand the power of movies. Uh, it's, they are such a powerful medium on so many levels, and they utilize the ancient power of storytelling, uh, which is a way of crafting para- powerful narratives that really make a difference in our lives. And so we know this, and that's why we love movies. So if your movie is memorable, then you need a message that is memorable, and it makes a direct impact. And it needs to be unique, simple, and reach your audience in a way that is authentic. And it touches their primal emotions aligned with your film. So, for example, if you have a funny film, <laughs> you touch their funny bone. If you have a film that is a documentary and you're really touting a social issue, then you really want to touch their empathy. If you have a romantic film, you want to touch their love and their dreams, their romance or excitement. If it, It's a thriller, say, uh, you're their excitement. So whatever your emotional goal may be, keep that in mind when you're crafting your message. So all of these points that I'm mentioning is just an important backdrop uh, for this discussion. So to get down to basics, and and are you able to hear me
1: now? Is that good? Yes, much better, Sam. And I think this this is what I'm always telling people. What is remarkable about your product? Because that's what you want to sell. What's remarkable? Right, and then yes. you're using words of you uh you know of unique and creative and simple uh and it's remarkable,
2: <laughs> yes, remarkable, what is remarkable about your film and the sea of other films in the universe, right <laughs> so thank yes. you by the way, Claire, for interrupting me. I really appreciate just wanting uh the sound to be good because of course we want people to hear <laughs> uh you know what yes. we're saying and so. To get down you know to get down to basics, of course, you want to boil down your film, say if you're doing a press release, right that's one of the first things that you learn when you're trying to get out there and get press uh, and get marketing for your film is the press release, and you really want to boil your film down to four key press points. This is four points. That are salient about what you want to communicate about your film that the press will remember and resonate with for example uh, my film how to successfully fail in hollywood is witty dreamy and poignant it's a satire in many ways and so i keep that in mind when i'm crafting key points and messaging um, one of our key points was embracing failures no one wants to embrace failures right it has a social stigma especially in the industry but our film looks at dead in the eye and laughs and so often we're of our own mistakes right and i thought why not just go right into it be bold and it's been very liberating and it's had a ripple effect of liberating others when they watch it and so you know it could be that our film has a shameless amount of shot at freedom, but people do have fun watching someone else fall on their face and i found that journalists were very interested because the film is inspired by my own funny failures as an actress in hollywood they were very interested about the failure aspect oh talk about that Oh, you're talking about failures? Well, let me, let me hear more. It was different. It was unique. And true, as you would say, it kind of made it a little bit remarkable. It really distinguished itself among a lot of other films that are, you know, doing other things, you know, in their, in their marketing. And so getting back to press points, for a press release, you really want to make it read like an interesting article. Uh, It's like a ready-made article with a strong headline and you really want to engage them from the first line like good articles do. And this is how we utilize cohesive storytelling and marketing. You tell a good story. Boy, do people love a good story, right? It's a language as old as the ages. It reaches people where they live. Like when we would gather around the fire and listen to a good story. And storytelling also has a lot of positive effects on the brain. So it fires off neurons. It creates dopamine in the system. It's a type of communication that is connective and distinct. And it's a different language than most language we hear throughout the day, like directive language you know, from a boss or a colleague or one-sided language like television and entertainment. And so we intrinsically recognize the storytelling language in our DNA. And so as Maya Angelou, the great late Maya Angelou would say, communicate so it slips right past the brain and goes straight into the heart. And I've wow. extensively practiced. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I've always sort of kept whenever, um, whenever I'm doing anything, quite frankly. And, you know, I've extensively practiced and researched the art of storytelling. And I have a deep respect For It's power because it's leveraged all the time, as we see in news, uh, in politics, in books, of course, in movies. And so it's really important to utilize this power and the language of storytelling for good is really influential. So you want to use the art of story in your press releases and your log line. Wonderful. Now, I happen to think
1: that we communicate as people heart to heart. I think the heart is the communication center.
2: Mm. That so is when so you true. talk to
1: me and you bring up emotion, I've seen it with particularly with uh, in, uh, with films about social issues, and people get right into the issue, touch our hearts, and we do things. We change laws, mm. we change belief patterns. Films do. Films can change belief patterns and laws by using this heart-to-heart communication to uh, attach and communicate one person to another. So uh, this is the most important thing. It touches people's hearts, I say. Touch their hearts and they open their pocketbook because, cm that's usually how you get <laughs> donations
0: for your film.
1: <laughs> so this is great information. Thank you. Good. So this is one of your uh, main points. Get a strong headline and then have uh, targeted things you want to say. And those should have key words that match to your film. Is that right?
2: So, yes, that's that's right on point. And so when you're crafting a press release, uh, as I mentioned, you want to – engage the journalist, right? Because usually that's the first person that's going to be seeing your press release before they decide, do I want to share this with the world? (laughs) Do I want to put this in my article? You want your press release to read like an article but still have the main points, who, what, where, when, why, and and so forth. Uh, But like our press releases, they read like an article, but it had all the pertinent information. So we're using the art of story as articles, you know, as – Like, we're telling a story about our film, and we're kind of grabbing them at the headline (laughs) to engage them. But it's written like an article, and a good article, it uses the language of storytelling, tells a good story, and it also kind of grabs them at the headline. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Yes. Well, then it would have a beginning, a middle, and an end, and hopefully make you want more, leave you wanting more.
2: Very well much done, so. Sam. very much so. so.
1: <laughs> and that, this is one of the
2: first things you do. Then is you craft a press release, right? As I mentioned, you want to boil down what are the most four important points. Do I want people to know about my film? And then, of course, when you, uh, you know, hopefully, ideally, if you are submitting to talk shows and so forth, they want to know what, what you know what they they're going to do like a pre-interview. What do you want our host to ask you? What do you, uh, so they're kind of crafting the interview before you even arrive there on the set. And so they usually want to know at least four points that you want them to know or their host to know to ask you. And so you want to get, well, what are the four important salient points about my movie and film that I really think are the most important aspects of why I'm doing this film or what the story is, what the characters are doing, the social issue or what have you. Yes.
1: All right. You've got to get those high, uh, clearly outlined. Exactly right. Okay. Well, do you ever just do bullet points, and or is this, does this have to be part of the story?
2: Well, um, if you're doing a press release, I would definitely put it in an article form. For example, Uh a funny story. It's funny now. Is the electricity went out the fir- the last day of filming of our film. We had 22 days of filming. On the last day of filming, the electricity went out in a small rural town that we were filming in. And my heart sank. We're not going to be able to, you know, complete this film. And then we had battery powered lights, <laughs> battery powered camera. Lisa Stole kicked into gear. Our crew kicked into gear. Our cast kicked into gear. Daniel Hess, our wonderful sound recordist and mixer, he also had gear that he lent for the film. So we all kicked together as a team for the next few hours and filmed a scene that didn't need sound because we were going to add the sound in post-production. It was a dream sequence. So that's part of our story, and it's an interesting story now, but it was horrifying at the time. So I start with that story in the press release. I start with bringing them there in that moment. The lights went out, what are we going to do? Then tell them what happened. And then I tie that into the failure aspect of the film because it's so funny. The film is about funny failures that you experience as an artist in Hollywood. But then we have the most ultimate failure during filming. And it was kind of, it really naturally tied in that failures, you know, what do you do when you experience these failures? And part of the film is you pick yourself up and you, you slip up the stepping stones for your own truth and your own potential and your own identity. And don't you know, that's what we did when we were there that day. We picked ourselves up by the bootstraps. We were like, what do we do? We troubleshooted. We solved the problem. And that's part of our story. So I start with that story in the press release. But again, giving them the important information, who, what, where, when, why, and, and so forth. Well, this is the job of a good
1: producer. Were you also a producer on the show?
2: Oh, I I was. So I am the executive producer, the director, uh, I'm the editor of the film, I'm the writer, and I'm the protagonist as well. And I share, of course, uh, top billing with a wonderful actor, Adrian Gilbert, who was the other co-lead in the film. Oh, that's great. Well, this is what what we look for in a good producer
1: is how to solve problems and keep it moving forward, and so that you don't (laughs) lose any time. And that's a great producer story, I would
2: say, successful. Oh, thank you, thank you. It was uh, was learning when you're right there in the trenches. When something like that happens, you find out what you're made of. You found out you know, you find out what your crew is made of. And everyone and no one said, We should stop. Let's stop. You know, that's I'm done. And everyone said, like, What can we do?
1: What can we do? Right. Well this is Oliver Stone in his book, Chasing the Light talks about the fact that when he is running out of light and he has three shots left to make uh, for the day and he doesn't have the light to do it that's when the greatest creative juices start to flow according to him and obviously it was the unique setting that and where you brought in everybody to help solve the problem and that's what filmmaking is a
2: collaboration right Oh, Without a doubt, it is absolutely a team sport. It's everyone contributing all the time. Some of the best ideas uh, in the film, sometimes a crew member would mention, hey, what about this, right? Or an actor would just have this great, hey, you know, what if I just did this? And it's like, it's so collaborative. And so many great ideas come from, um just the the very people that you're working with in the room so always be open flexible being willing to just turn the sail of the boat a little bit if it's a better journey
1: it's a better journey right okay so thank you all right so what we've got is dynamic publicity and communication strategies and so you're talking you've given us the key points for interviews and um and what about log lines? You have that as one of your most important things. Tell us your log line and how to create a good log line. Oh good. So that's
2: good. Uh so yeah, so our log line is um the kind of kind of fun and kind of uh has a little bit of a cliffhanger. So our log line is Ellie is a bottom feeder actress at the end of her rope in Hollywood when a life changing event happens with her gay Latinx ex friend Ben. A surreal twist unfolds with comedic results as she unwittingly becomes the key to a new take on Town, where failure is the star. <laughs> oh, great. Great.
0: So, so it's ironic. Long,
1: You've
2: got yes, irony in there. Great. <laughs> Very true. So I I am very very much a believer that your logline, of course, has to be interesting to the point with a bit of a cliffhanger. So often when I have shared that logline with industry folks, you know, when I'm in a pitch meeting, you know, pitching a new script and so forth, and I'm like, oh, here's a logline for our last film. And they're like, oh, I'm intrigued. I've often gotten that response. I'm intrigued. I love that. You want people to be intrigued. Ooh, tell me more. Ooh, let me click on that and let me watch this film. So it's just you really want to give them enough information so they know this is what the film is about. But, ooh, I'm intrigued. I I want more. I want to – there's something maybe that's slightly unresolved that maybe will get resolved in the film.
1: Wonderful. Okay, now so let's cover how to get press. Um, We'll go back and we say, okay, we have the log line full of irony. And great job. And we've got key press points in our interviews and cohesive storytelling in the um, press release. So how do we get it printed? What do you do?
2: Yes. So uh, the first way I would say to garner earned media and press uh, is to think like a journalist. So one of the first items, as I discussed, is the press release, of course. But it's also uh, important to tailor your introduction to the journalist that you are addressing, make it very personable uh, with something they can personally relate to, okay? So whether they're a local journalist, a regional journalist, a national or international journalist, and then they whatever their outlet, if it's a national outlet, a local outlet, you really want to personalize your message and read the journalist. Past articles. What are they uh, passionate about covering? Uh, make sure the genre of your film matches the kind of uh, art or films that the journalist covers. Uh, it's really hard to get that first article. You know, I won't lie, but sometimes it's just day after day, boots on the ground effort. But once one covers you, it kind of seems like others want to jump on the bandwagon. They see the article. There's sort of a, sometimes a little bit of a momentum can start happening. So it's interesting because, you know, since I started in the industry as an actress and our movie, of course, is inspired by my own funny failures in the industry, I was accustomed to rejection that you receive as an actor all the time. So I would just really advise folks, it's good to have a bit of a thick skin, especially if you don't have any known actors in your film, like we didn't. We didn't have any known actors. And it's just kind of like acting. You really, there'll be long stretches of times where you may not hear back. So keep going, keep pushing forward and adjust your tactics if they're not gaining headway over time. So, but what, you know, Will, I can encourage you by basically saying um, the thing that will really help entice the journalist is what makes your indie film newsworthy. Why should they care about your film? And I know that sounds a little abrupt, but in a way you have to understand journalists are bombarded by requests. They're getting so many emails every day that they're just rifling through. You have to think like a journalist. If I was on the other side of this email, what would grab me? And so you don't want to get lost in the other scene of films, right? Studio films, they have celebrities or a franchise that they rely upon. We as indie filmmakers, we're outside the system, and we need to find out what makes our film newsworthy. So you do a lot of the legwork for the journalist. How does your film say integrate into a larger topic or story, a local or regional story if you're addressing, or a local journalist, but if you're doing a kind of a national outlet, how does your film tie into, say, a larger story? Um, it all gets back to the story, you know? Like I said, uh, you know, for example, our film, we had a remarkable grassroots aspect to our film. A lot of local businesses, they provided locations for our film. We had an amazing skeleton crew. We had over 90 actors in the film. This includes, of course, extras and minor parts. And we shot on a super micro budget. So this uh, was very interesting to the lot of the local press. We used a lot of local businesses. Of course, we wanted to help advertise these local businesses that helped us out. And we... They And in turn, you know, the businesses kind of wanted to help get the word out about our film. So this is kind of a grassroots way that you can kind of create your own community engagement. And then, of course, the local press is interested in, oh, like, uh, yes, of course they want to help promote the local businesses. But this happened very organically, I must say. It wasn't something that was, was uh, like a, a method. It was more that I was very interested in really uh, helping promote the local businesses So. This is brilliant! A uh, wonderful way to make a
1: film, and I have to tell you, I think that this micro budget is here to stay. I think more and more people are going to go back to low, low budget films. Uh, mm. That's the that's what's going to happen. Uh, that's what I see coming up. We. Years ago, we had a guy named Dove Simmons in the film industry. He was a line producer for Roger Corman, and he started teaching people how to make a film for under $100,000. This is when you had to buy raw stock and have it developed, and the editing process was much longer and more expensive. Uh, So that that time is be, is coming back i'm sure cm i think now we're looking at how to make a film for 50,000 or under and <laughs> so what you have learned is important for going forward for future filmmaking so I, uh, and uh, by putting the whole community into the film and getting them all involved did you get a, a screening
2: at one of the local theaters we did, actually. Uh, what was kind of amazing is that we had a wonderful, of course, we had a private screening with our cast and crew uh, at a wonderful local um, venue. And then we debuted at Summerfield Cinemas in Santa Rosa. And it was just its a, just a lovely theater. It, they really support Indebell Makers. And we had just a wonderful little press tour around that that was um, phenomenal. <laughs> Quite frankly, and it was such a a celebration. It was so wonderful, such a positive experience, and a lot of the we got a lot of great press around it, and um, it was a a lot of fun. So it's uh, it's really remarkable when you are doing something genuine, and I I really can't overemphasize this. You know, when we're talking about branding and marketing, all that, especially if you're talking about uh, you know a narrative film, and you're really doing something. meaningful that, that wants to make a difference that's what we really wanted to do with this film uh we it's very important to have your marketing and messaging and all of that just come from a very clear genuine authentic place it's not wanting to create a message to get a click or a conversion you really at least for us i can only speak you know for our film we you know like we have um We represent the Latinx gay community very authentically in our film. Our lead actor, Adrian Gilbert, he authentically represents this this community. We have a lot of diverse actors in the film. Our film is led by women. Gender equity was very important for us. And so we sort of took a gamble that the public would relate to and root for our film that represents most of the industry, right? The underdogs and the the unknowns. We're unknown filmmakers, and we have a lot of unknown uh, actors in the film. That was very important for me, coming as an actor in the industry, that we it's very difficult for unknown actors to get a shot. And so we sort of took this gamble that, we represent most of the industry, right? And so the public is sort of, we were just sensing with this momentum that was happening. Journalists were, especially local journalists, were interested in covering that because that isn't covered as much as, of course, as a celebrity walking down the street with a cup of coffee that can get covered at any point in time. Very, it's very, you know, celebrities and big franchise films, they get the coverage. They, they, you know, they walk around the corner you know, a celebrity, like I mentioned, who has a cup of coffee and they they get into the local news. And so we uh, have to kind of work in a different way, but um, we really wanted to make a, a film that was like the unknowns. We, you are also important. Unknown actors, unknown filmmakers, you can make a difference, right? And if we can do it, you can do it. So that we made it more for the public than I would say what a studio would consider a typical commercial uh, viable film, right? So we're yes. our message was for our public and our audience, our target audience. Yes.
1: Well, this is part of your outline. Uh, find a message that resonates with audiences. Target demographics and simplicity is the key, right?
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. It's so true okay. that, um, yes.
1: Yes, well, simplicity
2: is, is key. So, yes, go ahead. Yes.
1: It's it's marketing because the old saying goes, Hollywood is not a movie-making city. It is a movie-marketing city. It's marketing that brings everybody into the theaters. They have a time. If you will see uh, their advertisement six times, you'll get in the theater. Eight times, you're definitely coming. So uh, they know exactly how to make those trailers to the second. They make them all the same length. And they pull you in. So it is marketing that's the key, and that's what you've done. You've put your time into learning uh, how to market your film, and you seem to have done a marvelous job, CM. Thank you very (laughs) much for sharing this. Now, because I want you to get into this brand uh, distinction and integration. So what does it mean to have a brand?
2: That is a great question because brand, that word is, gosh, if I just had like a penny, not a nickel, but a penny, every time I heard brand, 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 you know, in the marketplace, you know, online when you're hearing the news and you're hearing a, a journalist talk or, you know, one of these personalities on um, you know, a, a talk show, brand, 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 what is a brand? We hear it so much. And a brand essentially is what you, re- who or what you represent. Who or what you represent. Sometimes a brand, a filmmaker, they might be branding themselves. Sometimes a celebrity might be branding themselves. Sometimes an actor, they may be branding themselves. Or a film, your film is a brand. A product, a product is a brand. Who or what do you represent? And so a brand, is really, as I mentioned, you really want to stay to your core values when you're developing a brand. When you're wanting to figure out um you know what does my brand represent what qualities what tone and so you know many filmmakers are creatives and sometimes the marketing aspect of our film you know, we understand this so i advise filmmakers and actors uh, creatives really think about early what is your brand what do you represent who or what do you represent because you know you have to be careful not it's easy to get pigeonholed, right? A distributor wants to know, oh, right, what's the genre? Of course, that's important. I understand that. As an actor you think, oh, I, I want to write do these types of roles and then once I get momentum, I'll do these types of roles, right? So Hollywood, the industry, it's very common for them to just want to slot you into a certain kind of um image or, or brand, if you will. And it's very important I think to really think about well what are my core values as an artist what are the core values of my film and list those what are the top maybe three core values for our film it was witty it was poignant and it's heartfelt so that is those are the qualities that's the qualities of this brand if you will and again a brand is just what or who do you represent and if you are branding yourself, it's very important to stay close to your core values. Because stereotypes, like let's say if you're an actor and you're branding yourself, stereotypes, you have to be careful not to get kind of slotted in a stereotype. I often advise actors if, or you know filmmakers, if you are really trying to get into a certain category in filmmaking or as an actor, a certain type, that's fine. Just make sure what you really want to do is in there. Meaning, if you're a filmmaker and you're advertising your services, you have your real, you have, of course, maybe the category that you're really good at, but make sure what you really want to do is also in there. Meaning, uh, have something that you're really envisioning you want to have and what you want to work on. As an actor, Let's say if you're a certain type of actor, you're a comedic actor, say. But you really want to do drama in your heart. Make sure you have a lovely, dramatic moment. You have to create it, record it at home (laughs) with good sound and lighting. Make sure that's on your reel because you want to do what it is you really want to do. Isn't that why we're in this industry? We want to make the films that make a difference. We want to do the roles that make a, uh, like you said, that can open up someone's heart and make them feel or think differently. So, yes, it's important to go along with what might work and might give you work, but always make sure you're doing what it is you really want to do or including that in your brand, because why are we here if we're not doing what it is that we really want to do?
1: Exactly. Well done. So, um how did you brand your film as funny and creative and uh, unique? I mean, tell us that.
2: Oh, yeah. So, um, well, it kind of happened very naturally, believe it or not. As much of a a marketing background that I have, this particular project was very very personal to me, right? And so I sort of felt like um, that – People might understand <laughs> that the personal is very universal. That's something I really came to. So as I mentioned, you know, uh, this film was based on my own vocation blunders as an actress, and I saw the, a lot of the humor in this experience. So it really became sort of a funny how not to guide, what not to do in the industry. And then I, as I realized that that sort of was taking hold, and people were really, really, you know, interested, in it was sort of different, right? There's so many how-to guides in the industry, how to book the job you know how to succeed and I thought let me what if I took it from the other angle how not to tell me how not to do you see so that distinguishes uh, our film and very naturally it was more just like it evolved over time and then of course I wanted to dedicate this film to all the unknown actors working so hard hitting that bat every day and it entertains but it also brings them into all the funny uh poignant experiences that actors have right the pickles and the pratfalls so of course um when I was sitting with audiences in the theater, and then we had several you know, different screenings uh, around, I was realizing, wow, the personal really is universal because I felt like maybe just actors or artists would relate to this that are in these pyramid industries, right? Musicians, uh, dancers, uh, in theater, actors, and so forth. But people can relate to failure and experiencing failure. And so it was sort of interesting that I realized, wow, this – I had to kind of widen my view a little bit and, again, kind of be able to turn my sail when the wind was showing, oh, no, 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 you can actually kind of include more people in, I guess, what you would say is our, our target demographic. So, like, as far as press points go, when sort of branding our film, I would describe it as friends, fantasies, and funny fails. And it just seemed like the press—they were—that was easy to remember. It was like, oh, okay. In one sentence, I understand what this movie's about. And so, um, you know, our original tagline was "A deal is struck. Who will win? Let the epic failures begin." And over time, people just seem to remember "Let the epic failures begin," and it stuck. So you really need to go as a, you know, as a writer, as a filmmaker, go, oh, what actually is sticking? Because what you think might stick. And what someone remembers, maybe two completely different things. And so people would kind of echo to me, you know, it's just in really different ways, it's an email message. Sometimes uh, it's so funny, we partnered with a wonderful, um, just in our opening, our premiere at Summerfield Cinemas, Ascama Studios, a wonderful San Francisco based um, accessory store, had a wonderful, uh, they donated their wonderful purses we could use them for a raffle, you know, just as a fun little uh, giveaway at the screening. And the owner, don't you know, we ended up buying just sort of a wonderful piece of um, jewelry with them. It's just this beautiful accessory. And don't you know, he wrote a little note when he says, oh, hi, I remember you, and let the epic failures begin. And so that's all he wrote to me, and I thought – That, and over and over, I would hear that. People would echo that back to me. Let the epic failures begin. And so I shortened it, the tagline, just to let the epic failures begin. You know, I kept it simple. (laughs) So we also, by the way, a fun little branding thing is to kind of create maybe some kind of icon or recognizable symbol. And for our film, we have this really funny mascot in the film. It's this very lifelike dog created by an artist, Nancy Wynn. And uh, the dog is a metaphor in the film uh, of fantasy and reality mixing together, which happens in the film lot. And so I would bring this funny dog to these theatrical screenings and media interviews of so people love taking pictures with this dog and they would post it on social media. And then, um, I went to the studio interview because uh, they were promoting this wonderful uh, you know, theatrical debut that our film was having. I emailed them the picture of the dog, just as a really funny just lark. And then I decided at the very last minute before I left for this interview, I'm just going to take the dog with me, who knows. And I thought, God, they might think I'm just a little ridiculous with this dog, but don't you know that as soon as I got on set, the woman that was leading me in the room, she had an earpiece, and she turned around and she goes, "Um, the producers would like a picture of the dog. (laughs) So just remember, when you're going to a studio interview, they can usually, there's cameras everywhere, so they can probably.
1: How great! That
2: is incredible. Of course,
1: everybody loves dogs, and there you go. It, that's a wonderful story. Well, see and um, tell us where is your film now, and how can we see it?
2: Oh, uh, thank you so much for asking. And so. And folks can go to our website, funnyfailurefilm.com. I have an outline, by the way, of our discussion today. And so if folks don't want to take notes, they can get a little freebie there. I also have other freebies they can give. They just click on free bonus on our website. But our film is also on there, and they click, and it's um, available on one of the top streaming uh, platforms. And so... We're really very excited about that turn of events. Again, sometimes you roll the dice and you win. And it's just been a remarkable process. Very, very affirming that sometimes if you just have that little voice do this, right? Because I'm a first time filmmaker. I just listen to that. And you really, that's why I really encourage other filmmakers and artists. Man, just if there's something in the back of your mind you want to do, do it. And so you can just go to funnyfailurefilm.com and our links to our film are there. And of course, if they want a free bonus, they uh, can certainly have one or, or reach out to me if they need any help. <laughs>
1: Yes, CM, that's really important because you do work for people in helping them brand their films and uh or even brand themselves, right?
2: Exactly. Yes. And sometimes uh folks really have a sense of what they want and they just maybe need um, just a little bit of a guidance and clarity because sometimes if you have someone like myself who's worked over time, really being able to kind of parse out what may not be more salient or what might be very prominent or what might be very important uh, to the film, the filmmaker, the actor. Sometimes you just need someone that can um, build the lily, so to speak, just really uh, helping emerge what's already there, but what really might be, um, very memorable and succinct and make an impact.
1: Yes. Thank you very much. Uh, We all need help, and particularly when you're talking to someone who's done it and understands it because you know what works from experience, and that can be very helpful. But what I love the most of, of your interview so far is talking about the fact that you've got to use your instincts, I think instincts are the filmmaker, uh, filmmaker artist, greatest attribute. It's your basic need for understanding that you are, all of us have this natural instinct. And if we just listen to it, we can move mountains literally. Don't you agree when you do what you know, you feel you can do, you can achieve it?
2: I believe that wholeheartedly. I'm so glad you brought that up because I think, you know, in this digital age, we are pulled in so many directions. Our attention is being grabbed in so many ways, and I think um, it can get really distracting. And I think we forget. We have the seeds within us to make the right decision. And all we need to do is, I think, sometimes remove ourselves away from from distractions just to get to that really clear place. To say, oh, I have this hunch of what to do. When um, we, when I was writing the script of the film, after I kind of I worked on it for a couple of years, it first became a novel and then it became a script. And so that was, you know, a few years. I suddenly had this really strong instinct of, like, make this film. And I thought it was my first film. I had never made a film before. I had done smaller projects. But it was like like I was look, literally looking or hearing my intuition saying, are you talking to me? Make this film? Are you kidding me? This is a feature film. I've never done this. But something was so strong in me. And don't you know, after we wrapped the film, and I, I learned – uh, what I needed to learn on a feature film level. But, again, I had done smaller projects, but nothing like this. But I thought, I'm just going to go in, learn what I need to learn. And I also had an amazing team, uh, that uh, you know, coalescing. And so don't you know we wrapped right before the pandemic hit? And if I had not amazing, listened to that voice, amazing. I mean, yes. there's no way we would have been able to make that until years later, right? And that's exactly. why I am I love what you're saying because you really have to, sometimes your intuition has a timeline, right now, it's saying right now. <laughs> and you go, but, but, and it's going, no, 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 right now. And that's what was happening with this film. And so I love what you just said because sometimes we are getting that voice and we sometimes we push it away and I say don't. Do the thing you know you want to do that your intuition or your gut is saying Do this, because it knows. Sometimes it knows something we don't, and we just have to follow it. Exactly. You have to trust the little voice,
1: the instincts. And Chopra has been telling us this for 40 years now. Um, and they have proven that the uh, sciences, the doctors are now saying that the stomach is the second brain, CM, that sometimes the brain is overloaded with running the body, the show, the environmental problems we're dealing with. All that mess is happening in the brain. But the stomach has a clearer, faster decision-making process because it has no failure history. Okay? Mm. so. And, yes, the uh, the brain sends uh, information to the stomach sometimes to answer the questions because I'm overloaded. And that's where you'll get the truth because the mm. stomach will tell you, yeah, this is the thing to do and now's the time to do it. So using that instinct. For decisions, too, in filmmaking is so important because you will find at the end of the day, even though you're running on instinct alone, not experience, but instinct and listening to those uh, people who are more qualified, more experienced that you surround yourself with, you you have been very successful in that over, way over, 50% of your decisions were spot on. Did you find that?
2: I did. It's funny because, again, when you kind of listen to that intuition, like you're saying, uh, and if you keep doing it, if you kind of just keep going back to that, because sometimes, you know, in a shoot day, you have to, like, make quick, quick decisions. And you really have to, again, not go into that overloaded brain place, but what is my gut telling me? And all I would say nine times out of ten when I trusted my gut and said, just do this, go with this, uh, choose this actor, uh, you know, kind of go with this um, this person or whatever, and then you're now in and someone maybe has an idea. Well, that sounds good. Oh, my gut says yes. And so you have to make a lot of decisions in a short amount of time. And so, boy, you had better uh, be honed into trusting your intuition because I do believe there's a lot of natural wisdom that just resides there that I think we're still even figuring out. And so our brain wants to analyze it, but then the gut's like already had, it already has the information. So I think sometimes we have to just make sure that it really is our gut and maybe not uh, fear, not being able to be like, right, persuaded by. Someone who might be uh, or, or some kind of force that might be out of fear where we're just in this general sense of like, oh, maybe I should just do this because usually I feel like the gut is very clear and even almost neutral, meaning like it's that the information tends to be very, very clear without a lot of uh, sauce, shall we say. And so yes. sometimes we just need to put ourselves in undistracted spaces so we are tuned into Listening to that, and as artists, as creatives, we really do have to listen to that uh, that voice because I think some of the most remarkable art has been created that have listened to that voice. Exactly.
1: And look what you achieved. That I think it's an amazing story. A first time filmmaker and your film is screaming on that, online. That is fabulous. And you got all the press yeah, you really excited. had a lot of fun. <laughs> and it was and you enjoyed the experience, right? You really had a good time
2: making the film. I did. You know, Salma Hayek says something that I always remembered, and that is, if you enjoy the process, it's your dream. If you're not enjoying the process, it's someone else's dream. (laughs) And I (laughs) love, right? I love that saying because I loved every minute of it. Yes, it was so much hard work, but boy, it never felt like work. And I feel like if you're, um, you know, part of our you talked about how we branded our film. You know, there's a lot of minorities and uh, diverse characters in this film, a lot of unknown actors. And that was really important to me, you know, really giving a shot to a lot of these. And some of them, it was their first film. And so I felt like, yes, let's, let's just, Let's do the, the anti-commercial thing. They always say, you've got to have a known actor in your film. No, we want to do something meaningful. We want to do something. We want to give them the break. We want to have these wonderful talented actors. There's so many great ones in the film. So we really wanted to do something that was important. And I think as filmmakers, as artists, we always have to remember, why are we doing what we're doing? Yes, we want to make sure something's commercially viable and all that, but also we can do something important and meaningful that makes a difference and also can be, and our, our film is proof of that, that also people resonate with that. They do want to have, um, I know that sometimes when I stream a film on, you know, a top platform, and I see some unknown actors, and it's like, wow, what a unique gem of a film. I don't know any of these actors in the film, but boy, wasn't that great. And you're giving them something different and something interesting, and then you're also giving people in the film a chance, a shot. And so I think that's also important, that we always have to remember, what are we doing? What we doing? Doing are we doing what it is that uh you know we really want to do? I think it's always as a filmmaker again talking about your intuition, really making sure you're staying on course with your own vision because I think it's easy to get persuaded when you get into more um meetings uh you get into more high profile situations you get into perhaps you start becoming um more I don't know, popular as a filmmaker, as an actor, what have you, it's easy to start getting uh, persuaded by the forces (laughs) around you. And I think as much as you can, as we've been talking about, really know yourself, know your intuition, know what it is that you want, what is your vision, what do you want to do, what impact do you want to make, what impact do you want your film to make. Always be Keeping that in your mind and just making sure is this aligning you know with that vision because it's easy it's easy when you get into um, larger circles to get. Influenced, and as long as you have your rock as long as you have that um that vision right that in your mind and you stay fixed on that you will, you you know you you then they can start circling around you <laughs> right you're not circling around them you're like this is sort of what we want to do this is what I want to do this is what we're doing with this film and especially if you're a director and a filmmaker you have to be very clear about your vision right um i, exactly. I in fact the case yeah. I heard Chris McKay say in a wonderful interview, uh, a wonderful interview with Gigi Hawkins at No Film School that he said, you know, your idea, and he's a, you know, a very well-known director, your ideas have to stand up with the other ideas that are coming towards you, right? Your idea has to stand up against them. So it's like, yes, if it doesn't, then maybe someone else has a better idea, right? So it's like it's, the people around you can sometimes make you better, but always stay clear about your vision.
1: Well, yes. As a matter of fact, I think that filmmakers need a vision and a plan. They need to be able to know exactly where they want to be in three years. Sit down, think about it, see it, throw that vision out to the universe. And then when things happen in your life and someone offers you something, it's very easy to say yes or no. Because all you have to do is ask yourself, will this take me to the future I want? And if that's a resounding yes, you're set. And if it's a no then you just have to take that instinct and say, thank you, but I'm going to pass this time, come back to me again, the future, never close any doors in this industry, but keep on going because you know where you're going. And how do we know uh, that that vision that we put out in the world doesn't allow – things to come to us, just like you said. You want people coming to you to help you create your vision. So the clearer you are in your mind and heart, which is mind and body, feeling and knowing that that future belongs to you, you definitely can bring it to you. Don't you believe that?
2: Completely believe that. Uh, And I, you know, sort of my experience is is a testament to that. And so I think sometimes we just need to have folks like yourself (laughs) uh, and other folks, you know, that are just helping um, artists stay clear. Because sometimes, again, it's easy to get lost in a sea of influences. And so when we, uh, again, kind of put our feet in the cement and say, this is what I'm standing for, this is what I want, I think – people will be surprised at how then things get drawn to you because you have now changed the matrix in the room. You have yes. now said, wait a minute, wait a minute, I'm the center and y'all <laughs> are, you know, in, uh, in the room too, but I also matter, right? I'm also, everyone's equally important, right? But you don't, as a, an actor, a filmmaker, never feel like, oh, my opinion isn't as important as everyone, everyone in the room. I always feel like if you're the filmmaker, the director, you're the quarterback, right? You're, you're yes. kind of, you know, uh, you're making the place. And so it's just remember that. You're the creative. You're the artist. Never forget that. Always feel like I'm equal to everyone in this room, you know. And I think it's easy as a creative when you start getting into larger circles, you know, bigger rooms, bigger meetings. There's more at stake. Sometimes that's when it's really easy you like, oh, well, maybe I'll just compromise this. Yes, we can compromise if it doesn't compromise our vision. But always remember, wait a minute, I uh, can change the matrix in the room in an instant by putting my feet in the cement of my own being, being clear and knowing exactly what I want, being open to collaboration, but always remaining clear. And also just uh, it's amazing when you just have um, a lot of positive energy when you walk into a room knowing, yes, my opinion matters. My creative vision is uh, is great. I know what I'm doing. I think what I'm doing is important. If you come in with all of that and you're clear and you're centered, I have found people really enjoy talking, working with you. They Now, all of a sudden, they're taking their cues from you because you're now a positive influence on them. And you can then Really give as a filmmaker, as a creative, when you have a lot of that uh, that centered energy, that clear energy, that focused energy, you're now kind of a collaborator, a strong collaborator. People like working with people like that. Yes,
1: they do, Sam. And thank you so much for this time you've spent with us. I'm sorry, but we're almost out of town. I love what you've shared with us, and I thank you very much. So tell us again how people can find you, please.
2: Oh, thanks so much, Carol. This is just such a, such an honor to be on your show, to talk with you. As I mentioned, you've been such an incredible uh, point of guidance all throughout our film. So I can't thank you enough. Uh, our film website is funnyfailurefilm.com. Folks are more than happy to contact me through there. If they want our fun-free bonus, they can click that, but, uh, anything I can do to kind of help navigate the terrain, you know, for filmmakers and actors. I'm happy that you're doing really helping bring uh, the context of what's important as far as, um, you know, the vision and the intuition and really helping creatives Align with that, I think that's so important in the sea of everything else that they're uh, that they're in to really you know to trust themselves so thank you oh, you're so welcome. It's a
1: pleasure and an honor to get to work with you and Claire and I- wh- when you get your next project going, you have to come back and talk to us because we'd love to hear how you're handling it, branding it, and marketing it. We'll learn so much together. Thank you, deal.
2: <laughs> it's a
0: deal. <laughs> okay. All right. Thanks a lot, CM. Claire Thanks again. Yes. Yes, it was a it was a great pleasure, CM. Thank you.
1: Very good. Thank so you, best
0: of luck, CM.
2: Wonderful. Thanks so much. Bye bye. Bye. Okay. Be Thank well, you Claire. everyone. Be well, mm-hmm.
0: Okay.